Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling here on the YouTube channel. I'm Denise Salcedo, and we are kicking off what is going to be a very, very busy week here on the channel. Man, this is going to be the first week where I not only go live for my normal slate of shows, but I got a bonus show this week and pretty much moving forward here on the channel. So starting this week, uh, except for if there's any sort of exemptions, you will know about it. Uh, but starting this week i will be live on tuesdays for nxt as you guys know already wednesdays aew dynamite Fridays for SmackDown and Saturdays for AEW Collision. That is right, AEW Collision. Their first show takes place this Saturday. And for the first week only, I am going to be doing a live watch along since a couple of people asked for one. So I am going to be doing a watch along for this episode of Collision, considering it's the premiere episode. We're going to be seeing the return of CM Punk. So I will be doing a watch along and then sort of a review segment uh, immediately afterwards in the exact same stream so it will literally be a pretty lengthy hangout for the day I'm really looking forward to it I've actually been looking forward to this week a whole lot because my favorite parts of the day are coming on here to this channel and to chat pro wrestling with you guys all whether it's on the WWE side AEW side or whatever the hell it is that we're talking about this week now also, before I continue on, just a friendly reminder, if you guys want to help support this podcast, uh, please feel free at any point. You're more than welcome to send in a super chat, or you can also become a YouTube member. Uh, YouTube members do get additional perks. Right now, you have the entire wrestling rewind catalog completely up for youtube members i went back and rewatched every single episode of wrestlemania you can watch all of those there's also some additional videos that are up there you guys can all check out and i've still got more that's coming uh on the channel here so i'm coming up with different ideas and brainstorming different things to do and so yeah we're just here for the for the ride and this is going to be the start of a very very busy busy um week so there is just so much i want to thank everybody for being being in here and we actually got our first super chats of the day and our first super chat comes from Andrew cool Andrew cool who's a very avid viewer uh, avid watcher here of the show says NXT tag team division is better than it was months ago and here's the thing you know it's funny is that I was thinking about that today while I was watching this we'll talk about what went down with the tag team division and all of that but while I was watching this uh, I do feel like there are some really good changes or not some changes, but you can tell that they're building towards something. And I'm starting to like that. And today we got the addition of two new people that are going to, from the looks of it, be joining the NXT tag team division. So we'll get to that in just a second. So I do agree with Andrew Cool's comments about the tag team division because pretty much prior to this, like you had a couple of teams, but Creed Brothers were really the only team that I think people were really getting behind. And so now we kind of feel like we got a little bit more options which is very, very nice. Uh, we also got James Hammond, who also sends in a super chat saying, I feel like NXT should go on the road permanently. We have we have had a couple of people say this exact same thing. And here's the thing that I want to add about this. There was a time period, maybe like, I don't know, a year ago or somewhere. I'm really bad when it comes to like memory and stuff. But there was a time period where we had a couple of rough back-to-back -back episodes of NXT where we we're thinking like, what are we doing here? Like, where are we going with this? And there were some episodes, there's some weeks where I started to rethink coming on here on Tuesdays to do these shows. And I remember like kind of feeling like, oh man, it's a little rough, but I'm going to say something. And the thing that I need to say is I'm really, really happy 
that I stuck with covering NXT for months and months, this new uh, era of NXT, because I know a lot of people stopped watching. I know that. We know that, right? Once the black and gold era went out the way, a lot of people stopped watching. I am so glad I stuck with it because it has become one of my favorite shows to cover during the week because it's so different from anything else that we're seeing on Raw, on SmackDown, or any of the other, you know, WWE television programming that we're getting. Additionally, the last couple of weeks, we've kind of had some very exciting um, things to talk about. And then next week's Gold Rush event is looking pretty damn good. So I just want to say I'm happy that I stuck with it because I can tell you that I honestly really enjoy watching NXT now every single week. And I wasn't saying that like a year ago. So I'm really happy that things uh, definitely improved, right? I got a super chat here from Darth Steven. Uh, thank you so much to Steven for your continuous and constant support. Steven says, Thea Hale is doing some great character work. Pretty cool to see her get this opportunity. And how about Umberto and Angel appearing, Angel Garza? So I can't wait to get into that. We'll get into that in just a second. But Steven is making up some really good points here because Thea Hale is legitimately one of my favorite people to watch on NXT. She is a freaking gem, okay? A gem. And I've said this so many times, but her character could have easily flopped and it didn't. It is literally, I haven't seen anybody talk shit at all on Thea Hale. And no one should be talking shit on Thea Hale because she is that damn good. But let's get to it. Let's talk about what went down here on NXT and what happened, what was a big deal, and what really, really uh, just hit the mark here. All right, so uh, we got another super chat here from uh, Heidi Ho. Thank you so much to Heidi Ho, who says, I know I'm the odd man out, but NXT is my favorite wrestling show of the week. I always have a lot of fun watching it. You know, I don't blame you, Heidi Ho. There's been some weeks, and I know some people are going to be like, what the fuck, Denise? I hate you, whatever. But there were some weeks where I was legitimately enjoying NXT more than Raw. And like, there were some segments that I obviously really liked on Raw, but there were some weeks where I kind of felt like you know what it's weird because even though I'm not seeing like a plus 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 entertainment uh, I found myself really enjoying NXT uh, you know more so than Raw a couple of weeks when it comes to the best show on the WWE side of things right now the last couple of I don't know, months, weeks, whatever. It's truly been SmackDown for me. I think that SmackDown has low-key become one of my favorite shows. And those of you who've watched my SmackDown reviews know that wasn't always the case. There were some very, very rough patches of SmackDown, but we got through them and now they are literally the best show of the week. Uh, Raw has a lot of good stuff, but I think that's sometimes Raw because it is three hours long. That extra hour just adds like an entirely different viewing experience that can kind of take away from like if you were just to trim the very best of high the very best of Raw every week for those two hours, then it would be a phenomenal show. But the additional hour does kind of, you know, sometimes take away from that. Uh, thank you so much to Heidi Hoda for sending in the super chat. Matt Logan says, Denise, Thea had two botches in her match. Look, so also when it comes to Thea, we are mostly talking about the character elements as well because we only have gotten to see her wrestle a couple of times now not very much but don't forget that this is also still a developmental but thank you so much to matt logan for sending in this super chat all right so now let's get to this there's so much to get into so i want to start things off but the biggest thing that we need to talk about on the show and i also want to pose a big giant question to you the chat and i will get to what that question is in just a second but we are opening up the show discussing a big, big match that was made for next week on NXT. And the challenge was made last week. It was just a matter of, hmm, is this really going to happen? So last week, Braun Breaker, after he attacked Ilya Dragunov, he put out a challenge to the world's heavyweight champion, Seth Rollins. And I was just like, wait, what is happening here? Freaking Braun Breakers challenging Seth Rollins. That was completely unexpected. I love unexpected stuff. It always gets me very excited. But then, so, but we're still wondering, hey, is this actually going to happen? And clearly it has to, right? If the challenge gets, if, if the champion gets a challenge issued to them like this, you have to pretty much accept, right? Well, whatever. We still don't know. So then 
NXT opened up tonight with Braun Breaker coming out and doing a promo in the second segment of the show. So he comes out there and he's talking about how he's made news headlines. He explains why he attacked Ilya Dragunov because he needs to hold him accountable and he's going to continue to hold people accountable. By that, he was pretty much irritated that Braun, that Ilya Dragunov had said he was the most animalistic guy on NXT when he thinks that it's him, right? Okay, so then Seth Rollins, he he addresses Seth and he says, where is Seth? Where's this workhorse champion? Because that's what everybody's been calling Seth, the workhorse champion, because the whole thing is that Roman Reigns doesn't ever defend the title, but Seth Rollins is going to be the polar opposite of that. So now he's taking the title of the workhorse champion. So he's like, I don't see him, this and that. And during this, we get a moment where Ilya Dragunov makes his way out there, but he can't even barely get a couple steps in and all the security is pulling him back and pulling him back and pulling him back. I loved that they added this little touch because Ilya Dragunov is not the kind of man to get attacked, to get assaulted by somebody and then not instantly want some revenge. So I really liked that they added this additional touch. So he's clearly taken away because right now the focus is not necessarily Ilya Dragunov. So then, on the big screen, we see none other, none other than the champ, Seth Rollins. So, Seth Rollins appears via video, and he begins to tell Braun Breaker, things don't work the way that you think they work. You just can't come out here and just issue a challenge and this and that. But then he says, it would be kind of nice to go back to where it all started. And he says, challenge accepted. So next week, we are getting Seth Rollins versus Braun Breaker. Now, this is where my question comes in. And I'm curious to see. Now, I know all of us are excited to see Braun Breaker versus Seth Rollins. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I cannot wait to talk about this next week. Can't wait to see what the match is going to look like. However, does this lessen or add to Seth Rollins as world heavyweight champion. Does this, does anybody, does him going to NXT to defend the world heavyweight championship lessen him and the championship belt? Do you think that that's the case or do you see it more so as, you know what, he's going out there and he's defending it. He's a freaking fighting champion, whoever, whomever. Or does it take away from the champion to say that just anybody can go in and get a title shot against Seth Rollins? I'm curious because this was something that came up that I saw, uh, you know, and I wanted to ask the question out here because I'm excited for this match. And I want to see Braun Breaker and Seth Rollins, but at the same time, it does make me wonder does having Seth Rollins go down to NXT help or lessen his reign as champion? Let's see what the people are saying. But before we get to your questions, I'll let some, I'll let the uh, let you guys have the opportunity to think and tell me your feedback on this. Uh, I want to I want to welcome Old School Gaming though. Old School Gaming just joined here on the channel, became a YouTube member. Uh, Old School Gaming, thank you so much. You have no idea uh, how much that means to me. So thank you so much for sending uh, for for coming in and joining here as a YouTube member. All right, so let's see what people um are saying here, and. Let's see what the thoughts are on this question that I posed. Uh, Abstract Dogma, who is also a YouTube member, says, Seth is about to make some stars. We love underdogs. Uh, Brandon Rosen says it adds to its moniker as the workhorse champion. Um, this is from B. Easy Land, who says, adds, he'll have AJ Priest, Braun, Balor, and hopefully Gargano on his resume in a month's time crazy. Uh, Dante NYC says, no, it shows that he's willing to defend it against anyone. And Braun was a dominant champion. Chris Gibbs says it elevates the belt, the talent, the brand and the company. It's a huge W. Don, who is a YouTube member here on the channel says, in my opinion, WWE definitely made the right decision putting the title on Seth. I think it shows the person he is not running away from anything. Yes, I know it's in the script, but it's still good. 
Uh, Antihero 301 says, I genuinely don't think it'll hurt or help Seth's title reign. If anything, it just helps NXT. Okay, I also like that perspective because clearly we all know it's definitely helping NXT. Like that's for sure right? Because it's like, dude, you're getting Seth Rollins, your freaking world's heavyweight champion on for clearly what's going to be the main event of next week's NXT. Of course, it's going to help NXT for sure. Um, this is from Nicholas Jacobs, who says, my issue with this is that it takes away from the prestige of a world's heavyweight championship by doing an open challenge. This isn't the workman's championship. You should earn a world title match. And thank you, because this was something that, again, this is why I asked the question, because I do think that I see both sides of it. Like, I truly see both sides of it. I see the side of them going, well, you know what? Braun Breaker is a special case, right? Braun Breaker is a special case because he was a dominant NXT champion, as someone mentioned earlier. But then again, he's not the champion no more. But he was a dominant NXT champion for the most part. And, but at the same time, I do like the idea of having the person earn and work and try to get this title shot. So, it's interesting. Uh, that's why I posed the question here. Nicholas Jacobs, thank you so much for sending in uh, your thoughts as well here. Uh, this is from Patrick Scrogans, who is also a YouTube member. Thank you so much to Patrick, who says, good to see Seth defending the belt. Reminds me of Cena's US Open Challenge back in the day. Uh, thank you so much to Patrick uh, for also sending in uh, these thoughts in here. And uh, we got Tyler Claw Gaming, who says, it's not like Braun is a jabroni dude dominated NXT. Jeez. I love the way you put it, actually. That's a good way of explaining it. It's not like Braun Breaker is a jabroni. Braun Breaker is no jabroni. Uh, Maria sends in her thoughts, says, I think it lessens the title, defending it against someone from developmental. You just reminded us NXT was a developmental to cut Thea Hale some slack for her performance tonight. Okay, you know what? I can't argue with that perspective either. Uh, thank you so much to Maria for also sending in her thoughts on this. Uh, Daniel Reynoso, also YouTube member, says, honestly, it adds because he's keeping... Let me reread that. He says, honestly, it adds because he's keeping his promise of being a fighting champion. But it also but it also lessens because imagine some of, someone that's not on TV like Big Body Javi challenges and Seth and Seth accepts that won't look good. So from the looks of it, the only exception here is that it's Braun Breaker. And if it were anybody else, if it were freaking, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus here, but if it was like a, a Joe Gacy or a, who's someone that's fairly, uh, what about Carmelo Hayes? What if it was Carmelo Hayes, your NXT champion that challenged Seth Rollins? What if it was, um, you know, I'm trying to think of somebody else that would be not, you know, definitely not on the low totem pole. I'm trying to think of bigger guys. Uh, clearly, like an Ilya Dragunov, for example. Um, are we making the exceptions just because it's Braun Breaker? Heidi Hosen's in a super chat saying, I think it elevates NXT more than it de devalues the title, but I get people looking at it both ways. Uh, Ryan Shosheni says, title is new, helps establish it. I also like that because someone earlier here in the chats also mentioned how by like in a couple of weeks, he Seth Rollins would have already had all these names as people that he defended the title against. And we're most likely expecting it to be Johnny Gargano that answers that open challenge against Seth Rollins on Raw next week. Um, Brandon Rosen sends in a super chat saying, why not bring Braun to the main roster and do this match on Raw? Um, the last time that Shawn Michaels was asked about this in the one of the media calls that he did, I forget which one, but he basically said that, you know what, Braun Breaker clearly still has more left to do on NXT. And it is crazy to me that they didn't call him up. But at the same time, it's not so crazy to me because during that time period, if you guys remember when the whole draft was happening, uh, Braun Breaker wasn't that like he was. How do I explain this? People were getting tired of Braun Breaker during this time period. It was more so until we saw this heel turn. It's really been more so in the last like two, three weeks that I think Braun Breaker has kind of re-gotten back into everybody's good graces. Uh, let's not forget that people were cheering Jinder Mahal, Jinder Mahal over Braun Breaker like a couple of months ago. And that was rough. That was rough. That was a very, very rough. But we're not there anymore. Now people are back on the I'm rooting for Braun Breaker again because he he got entertaining once again. Uh, but Brandon, thank you so much for also sending in this super chat. I love it, guys. I love it. I love seeing everyone's different opinions on this. Uh, and yes, uh, there's some good stuff in here. I'm really, 
really looking forward to this match. Um, I'm curious to see uh, just how Braun Breaker is going to do in this match against Seth Rollins, okay? Clearly, Seth Rollins is going to win this match. Clearly, it would be freaking nuts if he didn't. But the point is that I'm still looking forward to the actual matchup, though, because I I'm curious just to see what Braun Breaker is going to look like uh, in this match against Seth. But we'll talk more about that later. We still got so much more to get into in regards to NXT. So let's go ahead and get into, let's get into some of the women's stuff first and foremost. Uh, I want to talk about the women's stuff. So I'm kind of bouncing around here. Uh, let's see, let's see. All right, let's kick it off with Dana Brooke and what's going on with her and Cora Jade. So what's going on here? So we basically saw Dana Brooke come into NXT and she entered herself in that number one contenders battle royal that was eventually won by Thea Hale. But Dana Brooke is now one of the, she's now added to the list of people that came down from the main roster over to NXT. And what I said last week was, you know what? Good for her because damn, they weren't doing anything with her on the main roster. Let's not forget that there was even a movement of people taking signs to show, people creating a hashtag, give Dana Brooke a chance. And now her chance has come. It just happens to be over on NXT. They did a video package kind of showing some of her highlights on the main roster. I liked the video package. I thought the video package was pretty good. She ends up doing a interview with Mackenzie Mitchell and Mackenzie asks her, how long are you gonna be here in NXT? And she says, well, pretty much as long as you guys will have me. I am a Raw superstar, but I will fight on any brand. I'll fight here on NXT. I'll fight on Raw, etc. And she's happy to be home where it all began. So from the sounds of it, she might sporadically still appear on Raw, but it seems like she's primarily now an NXT person. At least that's what I gathered from this. So then she's confronted by Cora Jade. Cora Jade is, uh, you know, she's got some attitude on her. So she's pissed off about the events that unfolded at the Battle Royal. And so then she basically calls out Dana Brooke to her face and she tells her nobody likes you. And then she just straight up slaps Dana Brooke. And so immediately, you know, okay, clearly these two girls are... We're going somewhere here. We're going somewhere. We now know Cora Jade's next feud. And we know where Dana Brooke is starting here on NXT. And Cora Jade has had this, you know, she has this history. She had a whole beef with Natalia. Let's not forget that. Uh, clearly, <laughs> clearly Cora Jade does not like blondes from the main roster. She is not for them at all. But then we get into a match later on that is a number one contenders, the number one contender, Thea Hale takes on Cora Jade. And this was one where I'm thinking, they gotta have Thea Hale win this match because she's the number one contender and she's gonna go on to face Tiffany Stratton. But then I'm thinking, oh, I can't really buy Thea Hale actually defeating Cora Jade right now. So I actually liked the way that they ended up playing this whole thing out. So during this match, you know, Thea Hale goes out there, she does her thing and Dana Brooke goes out there and she's kind of just watching. She doesn't actually get involved until Cora Jade just goes up to her and freaking elbows her in the freaking face. And so then she uses an opportunity to cheat or she's almost going to cheat. Cora Jade gets her kendo stick and she's about to hit Thea Hale with it. The referee sees it, pulls it away. And as he's turning his back to get rid of the weapon, that is when we see Dana Brooke shove Cora Jade into the steel steps. This then allows Thea Hale back in the ring and uh, she ends up getting the Kimura lock on Cora Jade and she wins this match. So a huge victory for Thea Hale and the way that they pretty much laid this all out to continue moving the storyline with Cora Jade and Dana Brooke but also getting this win for Thea Hale, I thought was a definite win here. So I was a fan of this because they needed to give Thea Hale a little win. Come on, she's not only the number one contender now, she's going up against Tiffany Stratton. Give her a little something, right? So she got her little something for sure. And now Dana Brooke and Cora Jade are clearly going to, uh, they're going to have a match next week at gold rush and i think this is going to be a good one this is gonna i think this is where we're hopefully gonna see that the nxt main roster switch the switch from the main roster to nxt for dana brooke 
might be the right call. We'll see next week if the match is good. Thumbs up. We're we're smooth smooth sailing, right? Smooth sailing. We're going to see some good stuff, hopefully. If it's not, who the hell knows from there? But this is Dana Brooks' chance to basically show what she can do with, um, you know, when given the opportunity. So Deontay Swainier sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Deontay. who's always really nice uh, on social media and just everywhere. Deontay says, 10 days straight of work. Finally get to see Denise. Proud of you for reaching your milestone. Uh, NXT, in my opinion, was better than Raw this week. Mellow stands tall and Tiffany is awesome as always. Uh, thank you so much to Deontay for all the nice things that you just said. And then in terms of it being better than Raw, it's hard to say because Raw did have Rod did have a couple of good stuff. You know, you had Rhea Ripley getting the uh, getting the title. You had Becky Lynch going out there with uh, Zoe Stark. We had the Money in the Bank qualifier matches, but every other match was just kind of like whatever. The main event was really good. Um, I think because NXT just felt more like a tighter, nicer package. I guess uh, I think that's why you might be feeling a little bit more strongly about NXT. It just the two hours flew by. Uh, Deontay, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate it. And so let's get some more thoughts in here. This one's from Sheldon Jackson, uh, who sends in a super chat saying, "Anything for ratings, especially with TV negotiations coming up. Well played, WWE. Well played. I respect the move and very smart bringing in main roster again." This is something that clearly Nick Khan has mentioned quite a few times now, I think, where it's looking like NXT. It's not just going to be a developmental, but they're also caring about getting them ratings up. And I, I'm curious to see what next week's number is going to look like with Seth Rollins there. All right. And uh, <laughs> let's see what we got here. Um, all right. Um, let's see. Where are we at after this? All right. So after the women's stuff, I want to talk about, let me rewind a little bit. I'm going to talk about the opening match and then we'll kind of speed through some of the stuff that's like whatever's. All right. So we got Wesley, Tyler Bay, and Mustafa Ali in a six-man tag match against the Schism. This was a nice, fast-paced match, a good way to start off the show. And we end up seeing uh, Wesley, Tyler, Bla Tyler Bate, and Mustafa Ali get the win after Tyler Bate hits his Tiger Driver 97 on Joe Gacy, and he scores the pinfall for his team. Later on, because we've been seeing all, you know, Tyler and Wes and Ali basically be buddies, buddies backstage and this and that, we're going to be getting the match between Wes and Tyler Bate. This is something that they've been working towards for a while now. And Ali has sort of butted in on all of this because he clearly wants a title shot too. But during this, he basically says like, hey guys, like let's, you know, we're all friends here. Let, like, let me be the special guest referee. Okay, he's going to be the special guest referee. And it's funny because Ali is kind of, you know, this nice, cool guy. They're all friends. They're all homies. I don't trust Ali. Something here is telling me he's acting a little bit too nice and I'm kind of expecting Mustafa Ali to maybe screw Tyler Bate in that match against Wesley. I think he wants to be the one to take the title away from the champ. And I kind of feel that might be the direction we're heading in. Something tells me, do not trust Mustafa Ali. And I'm not trusting him here. I don't know. He seems a little sus. Honestly, he seems a little sus here. We'll see. Um, let's see what else we got here. We got Wazino Hour who says, is Wesley turning heel or just insecure? Hmm. I don't know. Christopher says, Mustafa Ali, Tyler Bate, and Wesley versus the Schism, Schism tonight was a great match. Christopher Smith says, Tyler Bate laid in that lariat. My God, it looks so hard hitting. He always does. He always freaking does. I love it. Um, all right. And let's see what else we got. Let's go ahead and hop on over to our next topic here. And the next one, we're going to kind of speed through this one. This was Nathan Frazier versus Aura Menza. And basically, Noam Gar is injured from what he says. And so he ends up having Aura Menza do this match on his behalf. And this ends up biting him in the butt. Because Aromenza ends up losing this match. And thus, we have a brand new heritage champ in Nathan Frazier. And 
I'm just going to be real with everybody. This is probably my least favorite thing right now in NXT. Like, I'm not interested in the Heritage Cup at all. So this one's kind of a little bit of a struggle for me to really get into. But this was a fine little matchup here. And you basically had them go 1-1 until eventually Nathan Frazier got the win here. But I just don't think I'm really digging uh, everybody involved in here. I'm just not a fan. I think they really lost me. They really, really lost me a couple of weeks ago with that. Um, Noam Dar Dragon Lee segment that killed my entire interest in all of this. And so I've been struggling to kind of get back on board here. But hey, man, I'm watching the match was fine. And Nathan Frazier, Heritage Cup champion. I love Nathan Frazier. I think he's a really good performer. And I'm ready to see them kind of, I don't know, get this storyline somewhat interesting. But who knows? I see a lot of people that say they all, uh, you know, some people are are looking forward to this. And let's see. I'm curious. Am I the only person that's a little bit out of this? Patrick Scrogan's YouTube member says, Heritage Cup's a cool idea. Want to see a little better execution, though. And that's from Patrick Scrogan's Antihero301 says, I truly don't care about Noam or Nathan. This is just not for me, says Antihero through. We always have that one story who just doesn't, that just doesn't hit. Uh, Chris Kane says, I love the Heritage Cup, but it doesn't belong on NXT and Noam Dar. Oh man, I thought I was, I thought I was going to be alone on this one. I thought everybody else was going to care about this. I thought this was just a me thing. Tiger Claw Gaming YouTube member says, the round stuff just wrecks the flow of the match. Yeah, it becomes a little bit predictable. Jared Jackson sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Jared, who says, the backstage stuff, women's division, and video packages are better than the main roster by far, in my opinion. They really focus on getting everyone over. So the, the video package stuff and the backstage stuff, like Jared mentioned, is something that I feel now for, God, for months and months, I feel like we've been saying they need to do more of this stuff on the main roster. There seems to be more creativity on NXT when it comes to this stuff. A big, an awesome example of this, just to name one, is everything that they've done with Tony D from like the very beginning. Uh, the entire storyline that they had with the mafia and this and all of that, all of that. That is the best example that I can give of how the video packages and the backstage segments really elevated the story. And even though you weren't seeing Tony D wrestle all of these weeks, it, it still made you care about the guy, right? It still made you interested in the character and everything surrounding the character. And even speaking of that, we got that again today. We had uh, Stax Lorenzo in front of some you know, bored trying to figure out, you know, hey, who's the person that's been ratting on Tony D? They're still stuck on it, possibly being gallus. But even little things like that is what really helps push everything further, so much further. And the women's division is definitely, there's a lot of option. And it's almost like a buffet. It's a buffet of different flavors and different people and different characters and different different just overall different looks and i think that really really helps it feels like there's options if one person's out you know what hey there's three other people there to go in and fill in on that spot and i think that's why people really like the nxt women's division as well but yes i do agree i wish they would implement a lot of the backstage stuff and a lot of the videos that they do on the main roster because that would be really freaking awesome uh, jared jackson thank you so much for for sending this in i appreciate that super chat and completely agree with you on all of this and let's get some thoughts in here this is from uh the dead man rwt paul morales who's also a youtube member has some thoughts on dana brooks says uh, dean is a good athlete and should be able to hold her own given the chance wwe needs a mid-card title for the women horrible to see the women's tag title being unified hope something uh uh fouls that up or feels that up so look I know a lot of people are saying that they need a mid-card title for the women I actually don't necessarily think so I just need them to heat more women up period for your actual champions because there's times where it feels like there's only so many options and some of the options we've already seen and been there done that so I'm not even I'm not even the person that's like oh yeah we totally need a mid-card title if we got one sure it'd be cool 
but I'm not like saying we need it or anything because I think that there's other things that they need to work on the main roster women's division first before they implement another title. And I think first they need to actually create tag teams and they also need to heat people up for your challenger so there can be some more some more some more of a buffet on the main roster for the women and so yeah that's where we're at here uh, tiger claw gaming thank you so much for the lovely super chat i appreciate it uh for setting this in he says um the NXT women rock it every week. Happy to see more of Lola Vice and Electra Lopez. Yeah, and Electra Lopez and Lola Vice seem like they might be starting something here. They might be becoming a duo here. And this, this would really be a cool thing for Electra Lopez because it still doesn't seem like they have found the thing yet for Electra Lopez. It doesn't seem like they have found her, her purpose yet on the show because, you know, she was such a big part of Legado del Fantasma and she didn't get called up. She was replaced by Zelina in that spot. And so since then, they haven't really found anything for her. So this could be it here, this team with Lola Vice. Heidi Ho sends in a super chat saying, Roxanne, Roxanne's mean biatch face was pretty awesome. It was good to see that side of her. We'll talk about Roxanne Perez in a hot second. But thank you so much to Heidi Ho for the lovely super chat. All right, so now... Let's hop into the two-on-one handicap match between Axiom and Scripps versus Dabakato. So last week, we had a terrible match between Scripps and Dabakato. Like, it was a legitimately really bad match. And I was thinking to myself, oh my god, they really need to make sure they have a pretty decent match here. Because if we see anything of what we saw last week, ooh, that's going to be rough. This was definitely a lot better than last week a lot better but even then it wasn't anything to be like oh my god this was great i'm a dabakato fan now no totally not the reaction but it was still better than last week so hey baby steps everybody baby steps uh axiom and scripts were a really i mean here's the thing axiom axiom i still think deserves better I really, truly think he deserves better. I don't even think he should be involved in this storyline. I think Axiom should be doing something else. Like, I feel like they have kind of brought down Axiom a little bit to help bring up scripts because Axiom doesn't need the story. He could, he doesn't need scripts. He could be doing something else like he was before. We talk about it all the time, but his match with Nathan Frazier was literally good shit. And everything that they did after that up until this point was good stuff for Axiom too. But now I kind of feel like they're bringing him down to bring up scripts because scripts definitely needed it. And here's the thing about scripts is scripts is fun, right? Because he can go out there and do those cool Cirque du Soleil moves, but he's also not Axiom. It's two different types of things that you're getting here. But together as a team here, they did have a couple of cool moments. They had like a couple of good spots. I thought, okay, fine, whatever. I'm here to complain. They had a couple of good spots. They won the match. This match was better than last week. So if so, what can I say? Everything just worked out. But we need to talk about what happened afterwards. Afterwards, we had a surprise team come over from the main roster. And you may have even forgotten they were on the main roster because they're never, ever seen. And that is Umberto Carrillo and Angel Garza. Now, I have thoughts here. All right. I want to talk about where should I begin? All right. I want to start off by saying that this is a pro. This is a pro for them. I'm so happy for them. I'm happy for them just like I am for anybody else, believe it or not, that comes down from the main roster to NXT. Because the people that have come from the main roster to NXT have seen an adjustment in terms of they're actually featured on the show. They actually get to have matches. They get some sort of character. Dijak, Apollo, Mandy. Those are just a few examples, unless I'm missing someone super obvious right now, that just worked out a lot better on NXT. And Umberto and Angel Garza were not, they didn't have them do anything. And it was so upsetting. And I remember talking about this on SmackDown. That was the last brand I remember them being on. 
on SmackDown where they would literally just come out as Los Lotharios and just come out and they would do their spot where they would kiss a fan and then go in there and essentially job out to the Viking Raiders. I think I saw them job out to the Viking Raiders like a thousand times. And if it wasn't job, they weren't jobbing out to the Viking Raiders. They were jobbing out to the Street Profits. And if it wasn't the Street Profits or the Viking Raiders at that time, I think it might have even been, I don't even remember who else anymore. But the point is that they were jobbing left and right. They weren't. And that was only when you actually saw them. If they weren't out there jobbing out to this team, you weren't even seeing them. And that was a real bummer because I truly feel that Angel Garza is has so much charisma, so much personality. And if you've never seen him, if you've only seen the minimum that we've seen of him in WWE, you wouldn't even know this. You wouldn't even know how charismatic this guy is is and Umberto they did try quite a bit with him on Raw and there were some hits there were some misses when he was there but I really thought that the pairing of Umberto and Angel Garza would actually work out and unfortunately they just never tried anything with them so with all that being said I guess you can say it is definitely a pro that they are now on NXT. We're talking about the tag team division and we're seeing that it's kind of headed in a better direction, right? We're seeing a lot more options here, a lot more teams to play with. And now Angel Garza and Umberto can be added to that list. And they were basically asked, why are you here? And they said, we want in on the tag team division. Cool. I'm excited. Uh, I think they could have even, and I think they could have easily been added to the LWO, but they didn't do that. Maybe they just felt like they had enough members, but they could have easily been added to that. I think that would have done them so much, but I hope that, uh, I hope that they get over on NXT. I hope they get a real opportunity in NXT. And I hope that they show that they were, that they missed out on them on the main roster, that they missed out on actually being able to do something with them, but we'll see. At least they're not just completely forgotten about anymore. Because I honestly, when they came in to NXT tonight, my reaction was, oh shit, I forgot about Umberto and Angel Garza. And that sucks. So I'm so happy they're here and hopefully it works out. Christopher Smith sends in a super chat saying, besides Gigi Dolan and Cora Jade, NXT doesn't have any fresh women for Tiffany because after Cora versus Tiffany happens, who would be next? Well, they also have, I think they can work up a lot of people. They also have uh, off the top of my head, Lyra Valkyra. I know that they already kind of did her and Tiffany, but I think they can even do a lot more there. They still got... Um, JC Jane is another option that they can do. They have a couple of other women here that they can build up. They have options. Like even if they're not, you know, at the very top just yet, they do have options for women to be heated up for Tiffany Stratton to uh, just become of interest. And that's why I think that they did the hail now to kind of just, you know, get it out of the way right now. But I'm looking forward to that match too. I really am. Uh, thank you so much to Christopher Smith for also sending in his thoughts here on, uh, you know, some of the women for Tiffany. And if anybody else has anybody else that I'm not thinking of right now, because hold on, I feel like there's somebody else that I didn't mention. And then I'm gonna be pretty pissed at myself for not mentioning said person. Hold on, guys. Let me pull up this roster really quick. I want to give you some more options here than what I gave because I'm OK. So. Right now, we're, we're clearly having Blair Davenport uh, feud with Roxanne, and she's a heel, so she's not going to do anything with Tiffany Stratton. So in terms of babyface women, okay, so you already mentioned Gigi Dolan. There's Ivy Nile, too. She's a babyface. Uh, Lyra Valkyria, she's technically a heel. We got Roxanne Perez. They can probably do something a lot more there. So Ruka, whenever she comes back, because she kind of got over there for a bit, too. We already mentioned Thea Hale, hopefully Wendy Chu when she comes back. And then that's about it, guys. That's about it. <laughs> that's it. And any other women that they start to maybe switch up for them. But yeah, Christopher Smith, there's a couple. There's not like 20, but there's a couple. Uh, thank you so much for the super chat. Wanted to make sure to give you a better answer. All right. And uh, let's see what else we got here. Daniel Reynoso says Gigi versus Tiffany, Nikita versus Tiffany, Blair versus Tiffany, Stevie Turner versus Tiffany. I miss... Uh, I also, oh yeah, Nikita's also out, guys. She's out right now. I don't know how, when she's going to be back, but she's out for a bit. Uh, Yang Chavez says Valentina for Rose. She's not, hasn't been built up just yet, but they can, when she was teaming with, um, oh, I'm blanking on her name right now, 
but oh god i'm blanking on uh valentina Ferroz's partner's name so someone bring that up here john deller brings up felon henley felon henley yes and we saw felon henley and Gigi dolan backstage by the way uh doing the whole talking shit about what's her face um <laughs> they were just talking shit the entire time and i really enjoyed that by the way uh talking shit on kiana james thank you i was blanking right now on kiana james's too see there's so many women i'm blanking all right so felon henley and Gigi dolan were backstage talking shit about kiana james because kiana james eliminated Gigi dolan in the battle royal and Gigi dolan was super pissed about it and then felon henley came in just started talking shit and it was the whole the enemy of my enemy is my friend vibe I liked that. I really liked that. Yulisa Leon, thank you so much to YT. She was the partner of uh, Valentina Ferroz. Yulisa Leon, thank you. I actually really liked them together as a team. So I wanted to make sure that up. All right. And now let's see. We talked about, let's get into Von Wagner. Von Wagner has a sexy therapist <laughs> since last week. And so... Today, he has a quick backstage segment with Robert Stone, and they're kind of, you know, Robert Stone is, you know, he first he's complimenting him, saying that he looks a lot better, that it looks like the therapist is, you know, doing well, and he says, like, yeah, she's getting a lot out of me, and then we have Dijak, who's kind of, like, walking through, and there's a little bit of a moment where they kind of side-eye each other, so I think we're kind of leaning towards Von Wagner and Dijak at some point, and Robert Stone's asking Von Wagner all these questions about what's going on in his therapy, and Von is keeping very private, and so it kind of seemed like they were having a little bit of some trust issues. But then afterwards, Von Wagner is like, no, I trust you. It's always been you. And so Robert Stone is just being like a mother to Von Wagner. Like he's literally Von Wagner's mother. And it's fine. Nothing more else. Nothing more to say about that. Uh, and I know the chat here is like not Von Wagner. I've never understood Von Wagner. I know, guys. I know. You know what? At least last week, we did get a glimpse of something kind of funny for Von. So let's hope, let's hope Robert Stone is able to Robert Stone. Robert Stone is able to get more personality out of him. Let's hope for it. All right, let's talk more about this tag team division. Uh, we were talking about it earlier. And we ended up getting a match between Malik Blade and Idris Anofi. So Malik Blade and Idris Anofi, by the way, uh, earlier someone in the chat mentioned that they were underrated. And I completely agree with that. I have been a fan of both of these guys since they were on NXT just jobbing out to whoever. Because that's how they kind of started both of them. They were just jobbing out to whoever needed to get a win for that week on NXT. And then they got paired as a tag team. And when they got paired as a tag team, they were also really good. And they had some good moments. Let's not forget when Booker T was just like randomly talking shit about them on commentary. Who remembers this? When Booker T was randomly one week talking shit about Malik, Malik Blade and Idris Anofi. And then by the end of the match, he was like, you know what? I'm a fan of these guys. I'm a fan of Malik Blade and Idris Anofi. And I think Vic Joseph was like, what? You were just saying this, this and that. And now you're a fan? Because these guys are pretty good. And it, and it happened just when, like, Booker T had just gotten started. So you could tell he probably didn't know, like, much about these guys. And it didn't even call. It didn't even call for the, the like, character-wise to do that because they were baby faces. So it didn't even call for them to get, like, any hate. But, yeah, so that always makes me laugh. Anyways. So the last couple of weeks, they have been failing in comparison to the other teams because the other teams seem to know each other very well. And they know fun facts about each other. And apparently, they did not. So they take a page out of Hank and Tank's book, and they decide to do a match against each other to make their bond as a tag team a lot stronger. It worked for Hank and Tank. And so Malik and Idris go out there. They have their match. And we end up seeing... Um, Malik Blade win the match. So Malik Blade wins the match. Afterwards, they shake hands. And then Idris congratulates him. And he tells him, you know what? I know your birthday is April 22nd. And then he hugs them. And they have this big loving bromance moment. And then, speaking of Booker T, he gets up and he says, there, there's some breaking news. Next week at NXT Gold's Rush, we're going to be getting a triple threat tag team match for a number one contender uh, spot. And whoever wins that will go on to face Gallus. So we're going to be seeing uh, Tank and Hank and freaking uh, Briggs Jensen. Sorry. 
Briggs, Briggs and Jensen versus Anofi and Blade versus Hank and Tank. And the winners will go on to face Gallus. All right. Now, Blair Davenport, she recounts her attacks in a video. Speaking of cool videos, this was a cool video. She was like this psycho, almost like those, like those murderers that go back to the scene of the crime and then talk about it. And they romanticize their evil, evil crimes. That's what Blair Davenport did in this video. She goes out there and she recounts her attacks. And she's talking about what she did to Wendy Chu, Nikita Lyons, and Sol Ruka. And then we ended up having this match between Roxanne Perez and Tatum Paxley. Simple match. Roxanne Perez gets a win. And immediately after this, she calls out Blair Davenport. And she's basically saying, hey, I'm, I'm done with you. I, I want to match against you. I'm not afraid of you. I'm going to beat you. That's not a threat. That's a promise. And finally, my big thing with Roxanne Perez right now has been that I feel we went from like up here, mountaintop Roxanne Perez. And I feel like now we've just kind of like rode down the freaking mountain and we're trying to get back up. We're trying to get back up with Roxanne Perez. What is happening here? What is happening with Roxanne? What is happening with Roxanne? I was kind of not feeling the direction that they've been going with her, where I'm still thinking, why did you guys take the title off of her? I get it. I know Sean said he let Sean Michaels was asked about this um, in a media call, and he said that he really liked the idea of Indy Hartwell getting the title, and he really liked that story. And I'm thinking to myself, that's great, but what the hell? What the hell was why take the title off of Roxanne Perez? Like it just didn't justify it for me, but whatever. What the hell do I know? So then I'm so happy that we finally have a story here for Roxanne. That was one of my criticisms last week was where I felt that Roxanne Perez should have been the one to basically uh, call out Blair Davenport when they said that the mystery attacker was going to be revealed because it was promoted as Roxanne Perez's mystery assailant. And then it ended up being uh, Danny. And so I'm happy now that this is the direction we're going for Roxanne because they, she really needed a story here. She really did. And Blair Davenport coming in here and getting a, a feud with Roxanne Perez is just good stuff. So I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, let's see what else we got here. Vance Rawlings says, they did Roxanne so dirty when she won the title beyond BS. Uh, I feel bad. I feel bad. I feel like we just didn't get the run that we thought all thought that we were going to get I thought we were going to get like fighting champion Roxanne Perez and I'm like what the hell happened why did you guys take the title off of her there was just so much more there to be done but yes Justin Martin makes a great point he says great intense promo from Roxanne it was really cool to see her uh show that side I agree uh, I think that we've seen a lot of you know the very lovable Roxanne Perez where she goes out there and she talks about her dreams and how she was a little girl and she wanted to be in the WWE and she made it and now this is her dream it's her passion we've kind of heard that quite a bit so now getting to see the mean side of Roxanne that's definitely something Christopher Smith sends in a super chat saying I personally think Danny Palmer and Tatum Paxley will be breakout women in the future uh I can definitely see it and you'd be surprised who like really ends up breaking out and just doing a phenomenal job so I, I hope to see that as well and Brandon Rosen sends in a super chat saying, if HBK liked the idea of Indy being the champ, why not just book a feud between her and Roxanne? Well, they kind of did, and but it wasn't so, it wasn't such a deep one, though. It wasn't a deep feud whatsoever. It was, it, it just felt very, very like you're driving down the road. We're driving down the road with Roxanne, and out of nowhere, we're just like, make a left turn, like out of nowhere. Didn't even slow down a little bit. Didn't even slow down put on the signal, nothing. It was just a quick, I just realized, by the way, that when I said left, I made a right here, but on video, it's actually a left. So in turn, it actually worked out. <laughs> oh man. All right. Sorry guys. Um, <laughs> Y'all know what I mean. Y'all know what I mean. We, we needed to slow down, turn the signal on and then make our turn here. Okay. This just was out of nowhere. All right. Brandon Rosen, thank you so much for the super chat. Oh, man. All right. And now let's get into the main event. Ilya Dragunov versus Baron Corbin and his red gym shorts. Oh, yeah, they're called gym. Yeah, I'm calling them gym shorts because that's what they looked like. But 
this was not a bad match at all. This was probably my favorite Baron Corbin match in a very long time. And I say that because I cannot remember my last favorite Baron Corbin match. Please, someone remind me. What was the last really good Baron Corbin match that we had? Because my mind, drawing a blink. Can't even come up with one right now. So, Ilya Dragunov goes out there. He's suplexing Baron Corbin and always looks really good because Ilya Dragunov is a little bit smaller than Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin's a lot bigger, so it, it looks pretty cool visually. And they go out there. They're doing some right, some left, some really good moments there. Corbin hits the big six, goes for the pin. Dragunov kicks out. Uh, Dragunov counters um, uh, the end of days. Excuse me. I heard like a car or something and i'm like why the hell is the car so close all right Dragonoff counters the end of days and then ends up getting him with several several strikes really love that that was actually my favorite portion of this matchup here Dragonoff ends up hitting him with a ddt wasn't as hard hitting as i he usually hits them but still a nice ddt and then afterwards we end up seeing Braun Breaker come out and Braun Breaker hits Dragonoff with a spear and Baron Corbin hits his finisher gets the win he's now the number one contender to Carmelo Hayes and I feel like the ending was kind of given away to this match when they announced earlier in the show that Shawn Michaels had put out a tweet basically saying that whoever won this match was going to get a shot against Carmelo Hayes and I'm thinking well who's been feuding with Carmelo Hayes it's Baron Corbin so clearly, Baron Corbin is winning this match. And fine, whatever. Uh, do you, do I, they had to do it this way because I don't necessarily think people were actually going to buy that Baron Corbin could legitimately defeat Ilya Dragunov. Like no one was legitimately going to buy that. So they had to do the match the way that they did. And so, yeah, it kind of gave away the ending. If you weren't already sure about the ending, it did kind of give away the ending there. But uh, afterwards, Carmelo Hayes, so afterwards on the Braun Breaker, Ilya Dragunov side, they end up fighting and, you know, do their thing until we don't see them anymore. And then Carmelo Hayes comes out and attacks Baron Corbin from behind. And it closes off with Carmelo Hayes holding up his championship belt. So a nice way to kind of, you know, put everybody where they need to be in the feuds that they're doing. So Braun Breaker, Ilya Dragunov continues. And next week, we got a big week. So they're doing two weeks of NXT Gold Rush. Uh, week one is going to feature that big, big match between Seth Rollins versus Braun Breaker for the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Ilya Dragunov comes in and costs Braun Breaker the match. Who knows? But Seth Rollins doesn't need anybody to cost him anything. He should be going in there and he's the champ champ. So he needs to be getting them, them clean victories without no without nothing, but I have a feeling they might incorporate Ilya Dragunov into this, especially because, uh, he, you know, he might be wanting to get some revenge considering that Braun Breaker did it to him tonight. So we'll see. Dana Brooke versus Cora Jade, as we mentioned earlier. And then the number one trip, the number one contenders triple threat match, Briggs and Jensen versus Anofi and Blade versus Hank and Tank. In terms of who's winning this one, I don't know. I like all these teams. I really do. And I don't care. I want to see somebody else as champs. I'm not a fan of Gallus. I'm still not a fan of Gallus. They haven't made me a fan yet. I want to be a fan. They haven't made me into a fan. So I'm cool with whomever uh, goes in there up against Gallus. I mean, I thought it was going to be the Creed brothers, but it didn't end up happening. All right, NXT North American title is going to be on the line. Wesley versus Tyler Bate. I think that's going to be an incredible match. I'm really looking forward to it. And Mustafa Ali is going to be the special guest referee. I'm somehow expecting Mustafa Ali to screw Tyler Bate in this match. That's what I'm predicting. We'll see what the hell happens there. Um, all right, so, and let's see what else we got here. Uh, Christopher Smith says, Corbin pinning Ilya clean was not believable. So they continued Braun and, and uh, Ilya. Well, they were going to continue it regardless. But yeah, the way that they set up the ending of this match definitely made a lot more sense. We got Maria who also says that this main event was a fun match. I agree. Tiger Claw Gaming says, did he still salty about the Creed's losing? I am. Dude, like why are they holding out on me? I really truly feel they are kind of holding out on this. Like I feel like they're holding out on this of really giving us a Creed Brothers, 
a really nice Creed Brothers NXT Tag Team Championship reign. And I feel like they were holding out on them giving us a really good Roxanne Perez reign. Like, why are they holding out on this? Why? And someone answer my questions. Why? Uh, who the hell knows? But I am a little still salty about it. Whatever. Uh, I guess I'll be salty about something. All right. Uh, before we continue on, I'll give you guys a couple more minutes to send in any last minute thoughts or questions. And it is that time of the day, though. Uh, every Tuesday, I didn't plan it this way, but it kind of worked out this way. Every Tuesday, I have been luckily getting a new Apple podcast review. Every Tuesday, there's a new one. Uh, so we got a new one, everybody. And for those of you who do not know, I have been promoting this. If you have an opportunity, if you checked out my show, please head on over to Apple Podcast and leave a review. This really helps out a whole lot. And I've been reading one every single week here on Tuesdays. And uh, the link is in the description box below. We got a new one here from... Uh, shout out to Joe Babb, 1964, gave me a five-star rating. He says, great content. Denise provides enjoyable and entertaining wrestling content through her shows, reviews, interviews, press conference coverage, unboxing, and other things. She's in the... She's into, oh my God, I can't read anymore. She's enthusiastic, knowledgeable, and fun to listen to. She has cultivated a wonderful community on her channel, and I'm happy to be a part of it. Joe Babb, 1964. Thank you so much for this very, very generous five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Please, guys, uh, I'm trying to get to 100 by the end of the year. I am at 31. I've been getting one a week. One a week. One a week. Someone do the math and let's see how many I need per week uh, to officially get 100 by the end of the year. Uh, but we're doing it. Hey, uh, baby steps. All right. And last but not least... I will be back tomorrow. I'm going to be joined by Reg. He joined me on the podcast last week for AEW Dynamite, and I really loved our chemistry together. So just to kind of keep content fresh, I am going to be bringing back Reg next week, and he's actually going to be doing the remainder of the June AEW post shows with me. So I think it'll be a lot of fun to kind of just get somebody else's perspective and some nice little back and forth there with myself and Reg. So make sure you guys join that tomorrow and then friday i will be back here for smackdown and then saturday i will be here for AEW collision doing the watch along and then afterwards for the review i will be joined by alex queen of the ring who a lot of people really enjoy seeing here on the channel as well um i like to bring in people every now and then uh that i think are you know fun to talk to and that i have good good chemistry with and just to keep things fresh and lively here on the channel. So thank you so much to everybody as always. And I will see you guys back here Wednesday, Friday and Saturday. Goodbye, everyone.